You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. And say hello to them. Look for people you've not seen before. So people you don't know. People you don't know. Um, welcome everyone to church. Where's BWS? Okay. All right. Let's do this. Um, we start a new set of discussions tonight. Could, will the band just, will they join us at this side? Honor us with your presence. <laughs> Any come, come, come to the front. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Um, those of you who don't know, this is Ini. Ini is uh, one of our leaders here. Very committed, spiritual young woman. Um, <laughs> her brother sings. Her brother just led worship. Demilade. They're both from Ibadan. <laughs> My favorite Ibadan people. And they're both relatively single. All right. <laughs> all right. But we're, all, we're, we're fasting, church, okay? So someone asked me and said, Oh, Pia, you know, this fast, will you consider just being nice? Well, I'm trying very hard to be. Help me ask the person next to you, how's the fast going? Just ask them to share their experience with you. Ask them why they seem they're putting on weights. Uh, <laughs> uh? But, um, but God is faithful, and I think, you know, I think my body is learning. I think it's slowly getting the memo, right? That, <laughs> um, and it's always a struggle to try and not focus on the fast itself, because sometimes you're just looking at the clock. Sometimes you look up and like, no, it's not possible. It can't just be eleven o'clock. <laughs> no, it can't. It can't be. There's something wrong with the clock, you know. Um, you know, you're perceiving, you're driving past in your car, you can perceive a car and bread and other things. You want to get into a long meeting at work just so that it's five o'clock. But once you take your eyes off the fast, and once you let the hunger remind you of the purpose of the fast, you tend to find, you know, um, space in God. I've, I've enjoyed the prayers in the morning and the evening and just found it a lot easier to pray and study God's word. Um, and we've also said to everyone who, uh, please, would you consider deliberate investments of love in this season? Okay, so beyond just, because when you reach out to God, it should tell in the things that you then do. All right, so you should be noticeably nicer. Your smile should be brighter in this season. Okay, because the flesh is, you know, at the back is your fruit of the spirit that is then coming out. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. And just please help me ask the person that you, I hope you are fasting for, for my sake and for your sake. Please, please, uh, just let's not, let's do this together. <laughs> All right. Praise God. Um, we start a discussion around inheritance. And I think it's also a great opportunity for us to confess Jesus, uh, to share 
um, of our faith in this season. That's perhaps one of the greatest kindness you can give to people. And just to be encouraging. Uh, it's a great season to share the gospel, tell people that God loves them. Uh, Luke 12, 18 says, uh, whoever confesses me before men, him the son of man also will confess before the angels of God. I like you. It's a season to let people know that you are born again. Okay? Be unashamed of the gospel. Okay? All right. Um, so all through scripture, and that's what we're going to be considerations in the midweek services, we find that God continually talks to the believer about our inheritance in Christ Jesus. All true. If you are very, if you are, if you are deliberate about that consideration, as you look through Scripture, it's it's such a big deal, you know. Uh, it's in Colossians chapter one that Paul would talk about us being qualified to partake with the rest of the sense of the inheritance, the rest of the sense in light. In Ephesians chapter one, he would talk about you know, the spirit of revelation and wisdom. And knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ, and he will say, Look, come, when three things happen, you 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 one of the things that will happen is that you come to know the inheritance we have with all the rest of the saints. Our inheritance is a big deal. Um, when you read through uh, Romans chapter 8, when you read through Paul's writings, he begins to talk about the fact that he says we're children of God, and if children I get to, I'm running ahead of myself. We're also hairs. So one thing that is particular for us as we fast is that we want to come to a greater knowledge of the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. Okay? And today we start with a discussion about God who is our Father. Okay? So help me ask the person next to you who is your daddy. Yep. Yep. We have to focus. You know, we kind of have to focus Somebody say, my dad is Mr. <laughs> pastor, sorry, pastor. So, 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 so. But if you, sometimes when you read through scripture, you wonder why the writers of the Bible, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, will spend so much time detailing genealogy. So they say, Samuel was the son of this. And if you are like me, you try to glean revelation from those genealogies and then after like one minute like no there's nothing I'm not, you know you, you try and think is there, is there something deep here or why, why is it you know why is there so much emphasis with the people of Israel it was quite a big deal who your father was it was quite a big deal the apple was not expected to fall very far away from the tree Okay, uh, when they talked about Jesus in Matthew chapter 13, if you read from verse 55 to 58, they say, is this not the carpenter's son? Is not his mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas, and his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Where then did this man get all these things? And they start out by saying, but this is, we know, <laughs> we know in your lua, we know her father. And in your, my message today, congratulations. Okay? 
we, we know Caleb. We know his father. We know Mr. Agbeyong's young son. Now, you know Mr. Agbe young That's his son. But, and because they know who your father is, there are certain expectations. So they say that they have. They say of Jesus, we know, not only do we know his father, so we know whose son he is, we know his mother. And his, where are these things from? With Israel, it was always a big deal who your father is. Uh, when um, David goes to fight with Goliath, when you read 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 55 to 58, the Bible says, When Saul saw David going out against the Philistine, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? And Abner said, as your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And so the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. It was a big deal. It was a big deal. Like, who, who gave birth to him, right? Because they, 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 they wanted to be able to understand why he could do some of the things that he was doing. And so he sends Abner. But the Bible says in... It says, then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistine, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? He didn't say to him, well done. He didn't say, oh my goodness, you've killed this guy. No. He said, I just want to understand who your father is. And so David answered, I am the son of your servant, Jesse the Bethlehemite. Could you help me ask the person next to you, who's your daddy? Who's your, who's your daddy? Uh, who's your father? Um, the Bible says that in Christ, you know, and that's the whole concept of being born again, that when we are born a second time, that's what we mean. You're born the first time in the flesh, and then you're born the second time, the Bible says we have a new father. So John chapter 1 verse 12 to, 20, to 12, 13 says, for as many as received him, talking about Jesus, he gave, he, to them he gave the right to become children of God. And someone says, okay, okay fantastic. So, if, if God is my father, and I think he's my father, you know, we, we sing about it in songs and all that, why, why, why does that make any difference? Why is that something to be reckoned with? Why is that an issue? In Romans chapter 8, and a couple of scriptures I'm reading out, but it's a method to all this. In Romans chapter 8, verses 14 to 17, Apostle Paul says, For as many as led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. He says, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, it's a big one, if children, then hairs, hairs of God, and joint hairs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified with him. So Paul predicates our inheritance and position as his, on the fact that we have become God's children 
and that he's become our father. Paul says, look, there's a witness within our spirit as Christians that there's a relationship that we did not have before. He says, and if we are children of God, he says, then we are heirs. He says, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. Have you ever found, you know, someone before behaving in a particular way and people didn't say, but whose child is this? Uh, um, have you ever found, um, and I don't know if you, I guess you're very spiritual, so it doesn't happen to you, but when you hear that this is XYZ's son, that your whole estimation of who they are totally changes, right? You know when Apostle Paul writes in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 that we no longer know any man according to the flesh, sometimes when they tell you whose son this is, your whole perception changes. You've been talking to Pam, ah, this is Pam, you know Pam, I know Pam now. That lady, she used to do low court in church. I know her. She sits in front. That does all this prayer, 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 prayer. I know Pam. I know her. She has more accent. I know her. I said, but you don't know. I say, do you, do you know her father? I say, who is her father? She's Pam Dangote. <laughs> I've always known that myself and Pam should be friends. I could feel, I could feel it. But what happened? Not, not, and the, the, the thing is this. Follow me. Once we say to you, and, and I know your father's actually wealthier than Dangote. All right. I was just using that for a conservative example. So people, okay. Um, what happens once I say, I don't you know any pastor so so. What happens is that your perception of that person changes totally. If, and it happens to nobody here, if their father is just a, a no good person, ah, you're like, ah, ah. I had a fine daughter like this. But, ah, it, you kind of begin to, you know, dial down your expectation or your thinking about the person. If your father is a brilliant person, you may say, ah, I know Wumi's father. Wumi must be brilliant. And, ah, he didn't tell me that uh, Mr. Kinder's daughter, ah, she must know, she must know book. Her father was very bright. You expect Ronaldo's son to be able to play football well. You expect my son to be handsome and dashing and anointed. All right? I expect uh, Nifemi's son to laugh like that. <laughs> yeah? Paul says there is, it is a big deal who your father is. And so this whole discussion about our inheritance cannot start until the Holy Ghost settles it in our hearts whose child you are. Because the day you, they said, that is Bill Gates' daughter. <laughs> it does not matter what she is wearing. All you see on top of her head is dollar signs. It doesn't matter. If she's wearing a swatch, you believe it's a golden swatch. You believe there's a reason. Some, you just think about it. Ask the person next to you, who's your father? Who's your father? Because uh, First Peter, I think, is in First Peter chapter 1, 23. It says, we have been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So our new birth is a spiritual transaction. 
that has both impact in the, in the spiritual world and will have in this physical world. And maybe it's a good place to mention, just to ask that, you know, it's a, we can make that assumption that everyone who comes to church is born again. But not everything in your garage is a car. All right. So, so help me ask the person next to you, my brother, are you born again? Or my sister? Be polite about it. It's an important question. Are you born again? Are you, are you born again? All right. All right. <laughs> because, because, because the fact that we all come to church on Sunday and Wednesday does not mean that you are born again. Will you help me explain to the person next to you what it actually means to be born again? Just help me explain to them. One minute. Take one minute. Just explain. Something like, I didn't come to church for this. But, <laughs> but just explain to them what it means. If you don't know, tell them I don't know. Will you tell me? Any, are you born again? For real. Okay. Okay. All right. Because Apostle Paul says, if you are a child of God, you are a heir of God. H-E-I-R. You have inherited something. You have inherited something from God. And, and so, as we've been, you know, as we, as we, we commence this fast, early days yet, it's so huge in my heart that this, it is so possible to be a heir but never experience the details of your inheritance. Never experience it. If you don't know about it, sometimes it's as good as you never had it. It's happened to me once before where money has been paid into my account. It was before the days of credit alert, yeah? Money has been paid into my account, but I was broke. I'm not kidding you. I was broke. And that day, if it was Thursday, I remember, I, you know, uh, it was during youth service. Uh, they would pay you for two months, I think, at the end. They used to do that, right? At the end, pay for two months at the end. And I'd gone to, I was at the Fountain of Life Church in Lukwidge, it was Thursday showers or something. You know, we're praying and worshiping, and we take testimonies, and somebody was giving a testimony, talking, thanking God about how NYC had just paid them two months' salary. And I, you, you are joking, right? You are joking. I'm broke. But I had something in the bank, no knowledge, and thus could not walk in the reality of my inheritance. What does it mean to you? When scripture says you have inherited something from God because God is your father, what does it mean to you? What does it mean to you? The Bible says in 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 to 2, that behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. It says, therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. It says, Beloved, now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be. But we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. It says, What manner of love is this? I, I realized, and I was reading First John, I think, two or three weeks ago, that it says, the world does not know what we have become. And I say to myself, do I sometimes walk as if I have not even known what I have become in Christ Jesus? 
He says, he says, what manner of love is it? So this is an inheritance that has come because of the love of God. The love of God, um, as with a number of things that we inherit in Christ Jesus, can be relatively abstract. One danger in the Christian walk is for us to talk about things that we have no real heart knowledge of. So we say, God loves me. God loves me. But it doesn't really mean anything to you. Or does it? Because, you know, Caleb, when you fall in love, you know how it makes you feel. Amen? <laughs> I mean, you, you know how it feels. Not, and this is not just you falling in love with someone who doesn't love you back. That is frustration. You know, um, but you know when you fall in love and your love is accepted and reciprocated. <laughs> you know when it's when you, you, you know how it feels when you are loved by someone, Chine. <laughs> no, but you know what it when you when 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 you can you can feel the the you, when they walk into the room, the way they look at you, you can feel joy. Peace, righteousness. Not all those, no, I'm not talking about proper looks, holy looks, not all those lustful men that outside the church. But how does God's love leave you? Because received love, and I say that carefully, is transformational to the human heart and soul. Received love, received love. Love that is received. A lot of us um, approach God like our earthly fathers. I've said this before in church. But a lot of times, one of the reasons the devil um, messes up the relationship that people have with their earthly fathers is because when they then come into Christ, he is careful that they would have had a wrong model of what a father should be like. So when they come to church and the preacher or the worship leader or someone says, your heavenly father, they hear heavenly and then they remember the man who they left in... I'm not going to say bad on me. I've done enough bad on jokes. In Port Harcourt. They remember the man from 1986. They remember the man from 1990. They remember the man who left their mother. They remember the man who whipped them silly because his team lost the game. They, they remember all sorts of things. I tell the person next to you, God is not like your earthly father. No, he's not like your earthly father. He's not. Because there are too many stunted souls. There are too many souls without an appreciation of the love of God. If you do not believe God loves you, it is difficult for you to, to approach your inheritance with any expectation, hope, or faith. Let me uh, explain that. Uh, let's say you have an uncle, rich uncle, but you know that rich uncle likes your sibling more than he likes you. Right? What tends to happen, 
and we don't really live in, we people abroad actually do live in this whole place where they're bequeathing things. I think here, people try to take their wealth with them as they go or finish it just before they go, right? But let's say rich uncle dies. Oh, sad. One eye on home, but he left stuff. And they're about to read the will, but everyone knows rich uncle, he adored your older sister. You, he just tolerated you because of blood. What is your expectation as the will is being read? That, that maybe he will leave you one random thing. But you know that when it comes to your sister, who he loves, <laughs> because even when he was alive, he would buy you one shirt and buy her a whole suitcase of stuff because of love. If you do not accept the fact that God loves you, you will always hesitate about God's inheritance that he has sent to you in Christ Jesus. The love of God must be more real to you than Falaka's love, Amaka's love, and whoever else you fall in love with in this world. What do you call Choma. Okay, I don't know who Choma is, but... Uh, 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 that's the girl he loves. He's just telling us. <laughs> Help me ask the person next to you, does God love you? Does God love you? Does God, does God love you? Because God's love is the inspiration for our hope. And it's actually the ecosystem for our faith. So as we have this discussion about our inheritance, you, 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 you must, I, you, you know, no wonder Paul prays when he prays in Ephesians chapter 3, I think, uh, 16, 17, 18, 18, I think. He begins to say, I am praying for you that you may know the dimensions of God's love, the length, the breadth, the height, the width of God's love. He says, the love that passes all understanding. Because if you do not get that right, Trust me, everything else is a struggle. That you get to the place where you no longer underestimate God's love. It's one thing to relate to God as like you think we're slaves. And Jesus will say, look, I do no longer talk to you. He's talking to his disciples as servants. He says, I regard you as friends because I've shared with you everything that I know. But it then gets to where Paul begins to describe in Romans chapter 8 that you are not just friends anymore. But now you have entered into sonship. And it says, if you are sons, then you are heirs. 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 There's an inheritance that belongs to us in Christ Jesus. Second Peter chapter 1, verse 3 to 4. The Bible says, as his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which we have been given, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, 
that through this we may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. If you are God's children, Paul says there is an inheritance attached to us. One of the things that you inherit in Christ Jesus from your father essentially is his nature. The capacity to live a life that is supernatural. I think in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, Apostle Paul begins to explain how it works. He says, God made him who knew no sin become sin for us, that we through this may become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. In the physical, in the flesh, there are certain things that you, because you share DNA, because you share from the same gene pool, sometimes you look at siblings and you can immediately tell that they look alike, right? Sometimes they are splitting. You know, the resemblance is it's strong. Um, uh, Demilady and Ini wear glasses, so I'm not sure what's going on. That's, but they don't really... This, well, yeah, they are related, yes. But but when you look at <laughs> when you look at um, yeah, when you look at my son, for example, Asosa and I, you kind of know he's my son. Yeah, my daughter, yeah, <laughs> she, yeah, my daughter. She looks when she was much younger. To be honest, when she was much younger, when she was like four or five, any time I took her out on a Sunday church. Almost like without fail, people would walk up to me and say, "You guys look at us without fail." She's grown up now, and you know, I think she's she's seen the light. She's aspiring to better things. She's looking more like her mother. Okay. Some of you are tall because your father or your mom was tall. Some of you are not so tall because your father, your mom. Was, was not very tall. Okay. Um, some of you are a bit hairy because it runs in your family. Some of you are bald. Din. Male and female alike are bald in because it's not in your gene pool, man. You can put all sorts of shea butter, coconut oil, ain't coming out. It's not there. You can't pull it out from there. It's not there. It's not there. I remember when we were growing up, my father, was, he's, he's very good with math. Very good with math. Numbers, that's my, my father. And trust me, that was the one thing I almost never had to study for in secondary school. I remember, I'm not going off track, but this is one of those things where primary school, I think it's primary five or six, I remember them, the, the teacher, math teacher, you know, calling out a math equation or some, you know, question, arithmetic, and people were still writing down, I'd call the answer. I'd calculated it in my head. You know? <laughs> and they were all stunned. They're like, I'm not, I can remember this because I tell you why, when I complete you understand why I never forget. Because man, like, ah, you were super impressed. It rolls out another question again, and I think I should have stopped at the first question <laughs> when I was still ahead. Because I answered wrongly. <laughs> But I was, but, but interestingly, interestingly, my kids are also very good in math. 
So I know that that's one, you know how they say, uh, if you speak pidgin English, come say it, follow come, right? It came with me. The same way that, and, and as you think about this, you can immediately think of things which have come with you in the physical. Just the way some of you, the, 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 the unique shape of your nose. It's peculiar to your whole family. There's nobody else in your hometown that has. When they see you, see your nose, they say, Ah, are you so so and so son? Say, Yes, I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. When we get born again, one of the things that we inherit from God, Apostle Paul says, no, Peter says here, he says, his divine nature. His divine nature. This is important to state because uh, sometimes, and I think the day we, we go to the story of the prodigal son, I think that's Luke 15, we begin to realize that our inheritance in Christ, going way ahead of myself, is more than just physical things. It's more than just physical things. Because that son goes to his father, says, give me the portion of goods that fall to me. Give me my share of the inheritance. The father gives him physical pro 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 uh, possessions. He leaves. But do you realize the father doesn't get poor? The father doesn't, because those physical things were produced by something. And so when we speak about your inheritance in Christ Jesus, it will manifest in physical things, but it's more than that. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're talking about who your father is. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. All things have become new. And all things are of God. All things are of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, I think from verse 17 downwards. Is it possible that God haven't loved us so much? And he does. He has not just called us to a religious transaction, but he's actually called us to a relationship with him where we carry his power, his nature within us. Is it possible that there are things you carry within your spiritual genes your spiritual DNA that you have not stirred up yet. Because there are too many people who struggle to live the Christian life with their flesh. Too many of us struggle to live the Christian life. But there are abilities within us. There are abilities within us. No wonder the Bible says he has not given us the spirit of fear, but of love a sound mind, a power. A number of people, I think, are still very focused on where, on what I will call our earthly lineage. And sometimes who you look at determines what you become. When God will give that technology to the patriarch, he would put setting things in front of the sheep and they will bet according to the colors in front of them. 
So Ephesians chapter 4, Paul begins to talk about you learning Christ. The apple is not supposed to fall very far from the tree. They would ask Jesus, is this not the carpenter's son? They would say, Saul would say to David, whose son are you? So one of the things we must, as we pray, you know, over this next, you know, I think it's 14, it was supposed to be 14 days. Now, sadly, only 11 left. We should extend this thing a bit, but let's see. Uh, as we pray over the next 11 days, one of the things that must be huge in your heart, a prayer, is God, let something happen that causes people to say, whose child is this? That you would say something, right? And people would look at you and say, I don't understand. Where is that? How, how does he know that? The Bible says they looked at the disciples one time. I says, these guys are unlearned men. They, they don't, ah, they, she's UI they went to. She's Unilag. They didn't go to Uniben. How can they have such wisdom? Stay with me, church. I didn't say Covenant University. Stay with me. Because <laughs> I know you guys are plenty here. What, because that, that is the prayer we must be praying. Saying, God, look, I, we're not bastards. Yeah? We're not. In fact, I was saying to myself two days ago that in the world, we are used to absentee fathers. In the kingdom, I believe there are a lot of absentee children. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He's keen to show through our lives. When you, when you read through Paul's letters, Paul begins to say, look, man, God wants to show off through you. He wants to show the riches of his grace through you. In another place, he would say he wants to show the manifold wisdom through you. I carry the nature of God. God loves me. I receive his love. My reception of God's love allows me to walk in faith. I walk in faith and I begin to bring out of me, the Bible says, out of my bellies flow rivers of living water. It gets to the point people begin to ask me. People begin to say, whose son is this? Whose child is this? Whose this person's father. <laughs> I carry the nature of God. Tell the person next to you, you carry the nature of God. Luke chapter 2, verse 48 to 49. The Bible says, talking about Jesus, he had been away from his parents a couple of days. And the Bible says, and so when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? In that scripture, 
Jesus is seemingly, they say his father and his mother show up. And yet Jesus says, I'm about my father's business. It's a family business. And, and one of the things we'll talk about this, we'll pray about this. One of the things uh, we will come to the place of, we must come to realize as we fast and pray, is that the inheritance that we have received in Christ Jesus uh, is one of the things that allows us to partner with God. Uh, it allows us to, it's not just in the things that we get, it's that you know, the people who collect uh, uh, salaries are just employees, right? So no, it's not just in the things or the benefits that we get. This is family business. Said it before that all that all that the prodigal son could see was the physical things. A true son understands what the father is doing. I think it's next week, or maybe maybe at the vigil on Friday, we've got a vigil, a mini vigil, seven to ten o'clock. Uh, Pastor Bola Kinlabi will be preaching, will be praying. Pastor Samson Issa, who was here on Sunday, and you know, a couple of us. It's going to be a fantastic time of worship and prayer. One of the things impressed in our hearts about this season of, of praying and fasting was that we, we needed to worship God. <laughs> the way it was in my heart, I could not find English for it. It was almost competitively. that I wanted us to worship. I felt that, you know, God was asking us to worship him as if we wanted to rank first. So if there was a ranking, it's not, we're not worshiping so that we, no, but if there was ever a ranking in this couple of months, this couple of weeks, that we wanted to be first prize winners when it came to worship. But, but I, uh, um, one of the things we will talk about is how when you begin to delve into your inheritance, I realize that one thing that will disappear in your heart is any kind of worry about your purpose on the earth. Yeah, you, you will suddenly realize that because I find there are a lot of us who, and it's good stuff, who are trying to find which of our, it's almost like you're trying to map your life. Which of my talents is the, more, is the predominant one so I can see which is the purpose. You know, and it's such a mechanical exercise. But when you begin to understand the value that you carry, sometimes you realize that your life cannot be summarized in one sentence. Your life cannot be summarized in a mission statement. There's, there, is, there are people who are carrying enough of God's love and power to change a whole family. A whole family. The woman at the well, Samaria, meets Jesus. One conversation, she changes an entire family. An entire city. An entire city. There's people who God is, it is. It's one book. You will write one book. You will change the way people think. You, you will change. There's people who will sing one song. And you would literally bring God's presence upon an entire generation. There are people who would write, you would write just one, it's maybe one tweet. It will, I, so, but 
what I'm saying about it, so this whole discussion about purpose, when you come to the place where you understand the business that you're in, certain things pale. I have plenty of skills. I can do photography. I can do football. Which is the purpose of God? Which is the purpose of God? When you understand the real things that God is calling us, Jesus says, I'm supposed to be about my father's business. I was saying at a prayer meeting on Monday morning, Bible says we are co-heirs with Jesus. So sometimes when you want to track your inheritance as a Christian, you look at Jesus and look at the things which were primarily important to him. Because I think that sometimes we are worried about too many things. I think that sometimes, I say this carefully, it's like going to school and being worried about the uniform that you're wearing. And I must be prim and proper. You have no the knowledge which you're supposed to get. You know, it's not there. But but we'll come to that. Today, what needs to be established in our heart? And this requires prayer, it requires meditation, it requires study. Is that deep assurance that God is our Father? What does Paul say in Romans 8? And we read it before, and I think we'll just worship a bit and we'll pray. Paul says that there is, he says you did not receive, Romans 8, 14 to 17, for you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. You did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I believe that if we give ourselves to prayer and fasting like we should in this season, for someone, fear will die permanently in your heart. It will die. It will, you will be... Because I think what will happen is it's almost like your eyes just see yourself like you've never seen you before. Because too many times, and the truth is, too many times, and even still now, when we think of ourselves, we keep on thinking about ourselves as I am a... I am an Akinde. You, you got a fancy surname, which is Halliday, Halliday Smith. What's it? Victor Halliday. Very, very good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Very nice. How many more have come? I'm an Ekweyo. I'm a Tumbi. Don't you go to Tumbi family of Nana? That's where I'm from. My grandfather he built the house behind. One beside you. <laughs> because someone, your father, your earthly father, a good person, was just not too big. And so you kind of referenced your life along those lines. And so when they say, whose son are you? Whose son is he? You think of your father and thus it defines what you think you should do, where you think you should go. Who told you you can't go to Harvard? Who told you you can't own a house? Who told you you can't own a place? Who told you you can't own a university? Who told you you can't own a record label? 
who told you? Because every time you think of the dreams God is trying to put in your heart, the devil says, whose son are you? When you answer in the physical, according to your flesh, and he explains to you why you cannot measure up. Whose son are you? Paul says, we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear. Fear is that feeling that separates you from your destiny. When you think of the dreams God puts in your heart, you look at where you are and you refuse to move. It says, but you have received the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. Church, if that, if that crying out is no longer in the midst of your heart and your belly, then this fast is for you. Because when we wake up in the morning, it's, it's an involuntary shout. It should be coming from the depths of our hearts. You are not forsaken. You are not an orphan. You are not a bastard. You are not a nobody. If people who have fathers in the earth, in the flesh, if they can come down from the plane and say, do you know who my father is? How much more? Why would your shoulders be down for a minute? The Bible says the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And sometimes we take that for granted. We sing the nice song, children of God, and we sing that, but it has not sunk in our hearts. And if children and that is where, he says, if children, if children, if children. He says, if, if, if that is true, then this must be. If that is true, then this must be true. If children, then hairs. Not hairs of Dangote. Not hairs of Bill Gates. That will be fancy. Not a Tedola's head. He says, hairs of God and joint hairs with Christ. Look, uh, when we pray, I, I dare you to get to the place where you're praying prayers that are beyond your earthly fathom. I dare you to write a dream that is bigger than the lineage that you have been derived from I dare you to act like someone who God loves. I dare you to expect something that has nothing to do with your qualifications, nothing to do with anything that can be traced to you in the physical. I dare you to do it. Paul says, if children, then heirs. We cannot be the generation of Christians that ignores the inheritance that we have in Christ Jesus. We cannot be, we can't be the generation of Christians who is still worried about what will I eat, what will I wear, who will I marry, who will follow me on Instagram. God forbid.
You cannot be the one who is worried about who, who doesn't love you. Anyone who loves you, any man, any woman who loves you is privileged. Is privileged. Anyone who loves you. Why does God say to Abraham? He says, I will bless those that bless you and curse those who curse you. When the guy says, I love you, tell him, oh, that's a privilege. I'm going to read that scripture from 1 Samuel again and we'll worship and pray. It says, when Saul saw David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this youth? The Bible says, Abner said, as your soul leaves, O king, I do not know. So the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. Then as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. But he wasn't, he wasn't saying, you've killed Goliath. Why do you have his head? No. He was saying, how would you dare this? How would you do this? I don't know about you, but <laughs> I did not get it born again to remain mediocre. I don't know about you. I did not get born again to try small things. I have come to do the will of God. I don't know about you, but about me, people will say, we know his father in the flesh, but whose son is this? Whose father is in? Who's, who's given birth to him? Who's your father? 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 If any man is in Christ, is a new creature. All things have passed away, all things have become new. All things are of God who has reconciled us back unto himself. The Bible says he's the one who is at work in us, but to will and to do what is good pleasure. Who is your father? Is he the one who is mighty in battle? Is he the one who has broken the gates of grass and set the path of iron and children, then hairs. If children, then hairs. If children, then hairs. If children, then hairs. <laughs> if that is the only scripture you read till the end of the year, 
If children, then heirs. Hey, Raharabona Harabrana Karebregedebush. E Kalababa Harabanga Rebregedish. E Kelebushana Makalaba. E Kobo Rebregedebush. Arakasa Karabakobe Maharabus. E Kabodo Lobra, no matter, no one Paul says we have confidence to come before the throne of grace to obtain mercy, find grace to help in the times of need. No one, no one, no one, no one. We don't stand on the outside. We walk bold. We walk bold. like you to ask God to fill your life with proof that he's your father. I like it. And this season, we're going to pray unusually bold prayers. We're going to ask God for large things because sometimes your prayer reveals who you are serving. I want you to ask God for proof that he would fill your life with proof that he's your father. One of the first proofs is just the work of the Holy Ghost within you. Uh, the Bible says it's not the spirit of bondage out of fear. So you will fear nothing. So somebody, as you are praying that prayer, you will just begin to say, I fear nothing. I fear nothing. It says the spirit of bondage. So that's not what we've received. It says the spirit of adoption, where we will cry, Abba, Father. So, so that for someone, it is that, evo that evocation, that even just that release of the fact, just Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Ha. Abba Father, Rahaya Mando Loma Karabragadash, Kalaba Yakana Maya Karibrigasi Kalada, Rahaya Kana, Abba Father, Rahasa Kayaga, Hey, Abba Father, Rekaraba Sata, Hey, tonight, I'd like you to hold the hands of one or two people, groups of twos, groups of twos, groups of threes. He says, it is not in vain that he has called the house of Israel to seek him. 
I'd like us to go ahead and pray in the spirit. I'd like us to pray. I'd like you to ask God, Lord, in my brother's life, in my sister's life, do something bigger than their earthly father. Do something bigger than their surname. Lord, do a who is this man's father miracle. Baba, do a miracle that people will ask. Show me. So say, who, 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 who born him? Who, who is his father? Who is his father? Rahayaba, would you pray? Would you pray? Would you pray? Lord, inside, let them dream amazing dreams. Let them say interesting things. Let wisdom bigger than their intellect. Hey, Koborobo, he says the same power that raised up Jesus from the dead. Would you pray another minute that there will be manifestations of sunshine? Manifestations of sunshine. Manifestations of sunshine. No wonder Jesus said you will lay hands on the sick. They will recover. No one. No one. No one. No one. Why don't you declare that they bear fruits? They bear fruits. They bear fruits. Abraham will say to God, he says, look, how, how will this thing be seen that I go childless? He says, how will I inherit the promise seen that I go childless? Would you pray that they bear fruits? They bear fruits. They bear the fruits of the Spirit. They are fruitful in their imagination. They are fruitful in their minds. They are fruitful in their finances. They are fruitful in their relationships. Yeah. Enough. Enough of fear. Enough of fear. come home. He says, come home, come home, come home. He says, you have been prodigal in your thinking. He says, your, ma your, your, your feet still in church, but your mind is not here. He says, come home, come home, come home. He says, come and dine at the Bible says the prodigal son at a time he sought to eat even the food that the pigs were eating. He says, but even that they couldn't give him. 
But God said, come home, come home, come home. Come and dine with the king. Come and dine with the king. Come and dine at the table of God. Come and dine at the table of God. Come and dine at the table of God. The fatted lamb, the fatted calf awaits you. Hey, the signet ring awaits you. The beautiful robe awaits you. The music awaits you. God is saying, come home, come home. He says, I've been waiting for you. This inheritance is real. This inheritance is real. This inheritance is real. This inheritance is real.
uplifting up, lifting up, lifting up. It's good to me so I can stand and see. I Matthew 6, 26 says, Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? Verse 28, for that person, I'm not sure what conversation you were in the middle with God about. I'll read the scripture, I'll tell you what he says. He says, uh, So do not worry about clothing. He says, Consider the lilies of the field how they grow, they neither toil nor spin. It says, yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of them. And if, now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? I don't know what conversation you're having with God, but exactly words to you. It says, you will be so beautiful that people will ask you who your father is. You will be so, you will be clothed with such beauty. I don't know who you are. I don't know what conversations you are having with God. Okay? But he says, look, when I finish dressing the lilies of the field, even Solomon in all that money could buy, he says he could not compare. So I don't know who you are, but God says, relax. Settle your heart. He has got you. He says you will be more beautiful. You will be more, so beautiful that people would ask you who your father is. All over this place tonight, could we just lift our hands and just go ahead and say, Abba Father, Abba Father, Abba Father. And just worship. I'd like you tonight, so as you worship him, just in this next minute, just call him Father over and over again until he sinks into the deepest part of your soul. And just say, Father, I love you. Father, I worship you. Father, I honor you. Father, I thank you for being my father. I thank you for being my father. Lahara Pragadosh, Kelibara Gradosh, Eri Prudoshan, Lahara Pragadasha, Yakada Vahika, Mahara Pakaya Gasanda, Levari Brigadesh, Kalimurus, Lahari Brigadesh.
Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.